I'm Nat. And I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic infantile, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown with our best makeup or something like that. This is like my yeah. best. This is the, this best, is the best that's going to happen. This okay? is the best that we got. <laughs> Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat does contain adult content and descriptions of violent scenarios today, so your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned, and before we get into today's crime chat, we interrupt our regular scheduled crime chat to bring you a crime and cosmetics special. Yes, we have a special guest, our very first guest on the crime chat with us today, our friend and professional makeup artist, Paul Dow. Welcome, Paul. Yay, Yay thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're so happy you're here. Yes, we're honored to have you today. And yeah. usually, like, during this time, we kind of, like, chat about what we've been doing because we record once a week. So we chat, we catch up on what we've, we binge stuff on Netflix. We're crazy like that. We're Netflixaholics. Um, we are. Def, we are. Def, def. But, Paul, I want you to tell our chatters who you are and what you do. And, and we'll get into what, why that ties into what Kat is going to go over today in a crime chat. Okay, dope. So I am Paul Dow. I am a makeup artist turned content creator during the lockdown pandemic. Um, And so I do makeup tutorials online and work with a lot of makeup brands to, you know, get people deals and Yes, it just helped people learn about makeup. My favorite palette is your Romance palette with Fatal Beauty. I use that sucker all the time. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of that palette, honestly. I just like, it's it's wild to me that I, all any of this is like my real life, you know? Yeah, yeah. We have been fans of yours for, oh my God, two and a half years now yeah. we've known you. Yeah, We've, we've yeah. been just like pulled out big super fans. <laughs> and uh, and also ditto and the support that you guys have shown and I've said this before because you don't you guys do have especially like your group and uh, you have you, you have a big audience right you do have a big platform and to get that kind of support from other people who have big platforms like that it doesn't happen every day so I really want to thank you for that Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, oh, Kat, you know that I, you can't get away with this. What have you done this week? Girl, I'm hooked. I am sucked in to you. Me? Well, not like you. No. I mean, I love you. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Netflix show, You. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, I, I binge watched that already. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So it's been on my watch list since it came out. Like, it's always something that I want to get back to. And they just came out with a season four. So I was like, you know what? Now is the time. Now is the time. So Four. Almost at the end of season two. And have you seen it, Paul? I don't want to give anything away. I've seen the first season. Okay. I didn't know there were four. Four. Yeah, they just came out with season four. So Joe is like the creepiest, Uh scariest person, like, ever. (laughs) And... It, you know, the, war, the the craziest thing about it is it's probably, like, there's people out there like him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the main the main character? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. So it, mu- it must get worse season, and you can go ahead and spoil anything. Okay. It must get worse second season two, three, and four. Because in the first season, I was low-key, like, getting Ladywood for him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I will say, like, like there is that attraction. 
there is that yeah. attraction I, to him. I want um, someone to stalk me like that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Like, so do you remember in the first season, so there's Candace who kind of comes back and haunts him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she actually isn't dead. She actually is alive and makes her like straight up appearance in season two. And uh-huh. I'm at the end of season two. Uh-huh. Candace doesn't make it like for real. Oh. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert, chatters, you know. <laughs> but, Girls usually don't live around him. Like, I mean, they die often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's also at the same time, like, I, you feel that, like, that obsessiveness. And he, how, I, I hate to say, understand how he justifies it. He's that silent, strong type that you would introduce to your parents. Yeah. He's that guy that is very, like, unassuming. You sit there and you're like, he looks like somebody that you can build a future with. Then he turns out to be, has a cage in his basement. (laughs) Right? That's normal. (laughs) So so when are you going to show me your cage? (laughs) May or may not have handcuffs. Yeah. So down. Matt, <laughs> what have you been? Have you been binging anything, Natalie? So, Paul, last week we went over the uh, we did the story of the Alaskan human hunter, and Ooh. it was about the serial killer in Alaska that would hunt women. Like he would turn them loose in Alaska and then take his rifle and go hunting them. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So there's a movie based on it's called Frozen Ground, and I watched it, and it's really good. Like Is they good? really. They pulled actual events. They had to tweak the story a little bit. They left out John Douglas. So they kind of like Aww. tweaked that a little bit. But they probably it didn't was... have his um, approval or whatever. I know. I know. But it was good. They did a good job. It was Nicolas Cage, John Cusack. It's good actors. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, big actors. It was good. They did a good job. And then I watched, did you guys watch Rose Red on Netflix? I haven't yeah. heard of that. I recommend it. It's okay. really good. Okay. Based in UK, and it's about these group of kids, teenagers, that download this app, Ugh. and this app just trolls them, stalks them, trolls them, everything. And it's so like, I think because, and the three of us can relate to it a little bit because we've all been there where it's like, <laughs> how is this person like getting my, in my DM? Like it's just right? very. <laughs> yes. You have to check yes. it out. How did this person get my address and show up to my door? <laughs> yes. Are we talking oh, about you again? I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking about me. Did, did did you know about that, Natalie? No. That someone no. had. Oh my God! This. Per- okay. Okay. So and first of all, I meant the TV show you, not you, you. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking yeah. about me before. So oh wow! Yeah, some, Tell us, Paul. It's gonna be quick because it's like real. It's been like this thing that's like kind of ongoing, and this person won't leave me alone. I had this person who was blocked because they were just challenging. I, they were just trying to question parts of like my actual care, who I am, like okay. the person that I am, and how do you know you're like this and this and blah blah and. It was just very disrespectful the way they went about it, and I had enough of it, so I had them blocked, blocked for months and months and months. One day, I'm just in here, you know, practicing makeup. There's a knock on my door, and I'm, like, just in my underwear. I'm, like, who? So I, like, go and just, like, crack it open. Mm -hmm. There's some woman I've never seen before standing there with, like, stuff for me. This person who was blocked reached out to my mom for my address. My mom gave her the wrong address, so then she Googled it. And oh, found my real address, drove hours to my home, got inside of my locked building. Wow. And oh came straight to my front door. Yeah. 
And that is creepy AF. And didn't understand the like the problem with it. Boundaries. Boundaries, man. And I mean, at least be like, even even if you were gonna cross the boundary of I'm coming into your space without permission, mm-hmm. at at least say that you're coming. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I you know, I'm not, I, I I I don't know. Just the whole thing about it. Oh. As, and and the worst part, this is the creepiest worst part because this is, could have gone really wrong. So she had more stuff in her car that she wouldn't have wanted to give to me. And it ended up being some homemade food. Using, oh, no. And literally, she said this, using herbs from her garden. And funny, she also grows a poisonous herb. But don't worry, I didn't include any of that in there for you. She told uh-huh. you all that? Then, then why are you thinking about it? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. That's creepy. Paul, I'm sorry you went through that. Oh my god. Did you call the police? I did and they couldn't, there's nothing that they could do because she wasn't here and she technically hadn't committed a crime and because I live in a condo, she could say she's here visiting anybody else. Mm -hmm. She would have to physically come inside my condo without my permission she would have to be here when like i break the, cops the threshold the cop- yeah, the yeah. Cop- she would have to be here essentially by the time the cops got here for them to be able to do anything that oh. is crazy that's the craziest thing i've ever heard wow I oh know. my god and then she tried to turn on me and said i don't know who hurt you to make who i don't know what someone did to you to make you so scared of people oh my gosh no <laughs> not the point <laughs> <laughs> that's insane so that's my personal you story <laughs> <laughs> That is like, I mean, that is very close to the storyline in that show. Yeah. Like, very close. And then I was talking in my Facebook group chat for the condo building, and one of my neighbors said that she almost hit them with her car, and then someone else said, oh, she's been driving around all around the building for hours since this morning. Oh, my God. She's been circling the block for hours. I just don't. This happened a couple of months ago? This just happened? This happened, this would have been like last summer. Okay. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy. Very. (laughs) crazy. Very crazy. Well, yeah. uh, have you been watching any shows or anything? <laughs> yeah, I have. I've been okay. So, White Lotus obsessed. I've heard was good. The, yeah. HB. I mean, I love HBO shows, and then The Last of Us on HBO. Yes, I started. I've really I been talked into. I talked to Natalie about that a few weeks ago. I started the first episode, but it was only when they just came out. And most chatters know this. I'm a binger, so okay. I've been waiting for it to build. So I can watch like, bam, 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 bam. yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah. worth it then, because I really I liked the first episode. Like you could tell that there was more like mm-hmm. to it than you know from the first episode. I don't know if you saw this, but Bailey tweeted, "I've decided I'm going to marry Pedro Pascal." That's all, <laughs> and I think it's <laughs> that... probably because of that. Pedro Pascal is the guy in the, the last guy, the, the lead character. Yeah, I could see That's that. Yeah, well, he, and he was in <laughs> he was in Star Wars. He was he's been in oh. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. I gotta wait for my HBO subscription because I only subscribe to it when Game of Thrones is on. House of Dragons. The only <laughs> so time I have an Dragons HBO. Back. Yes, then I'll, that. then I'll catch up that. on that. <laughs> well, Love okay, that. chatters. So, Paul, Nat, our story is today is about the 2016 spree murders in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Before we get into the deets, though, Paul, you are very familiar with this story. Oh, my God. Tell us what happened, please. I am very, yeah, I'm very familiar with this story because I lived in the same town. I lived in that town. 
when that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. And the a big part of the story of where he was at that at the dealership. Yeah. I had been there looking for cars an hour or two before. Wow. At that oh same Kia dealership. At, yeah. And I had gone because it was after hours. I knew I wouldn't be harassed. But yeah. you know what I mean? By like uh, any of the salesmen. Right. And so I could just like drive around or walk around and look. And yeah. Have you looked like into the story? Or, like after everything, you know, had it happened? Like were you watching it on the news? Because there is there's some other things that we'll kind of talk about about how they use the news media to get the message out. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I was, yeah, hooked to it. Mm-hmm. Like the whole from the breaking news the night that it was happening and everyone like they were like stay inside you know they were still trying to figure out what was going on and I was so yeah I was so fascinated especially after they caught him about like why you know that's what I really wanted to know the most was like what does he have to say about it and so I really stayed like yeah I was in I was in it and on it because it was so wild that it was in my town too. That is crazy. Yes. Thank you for sharing. I know uh, we have you on here because one it's a crime in cosmetics, right? So you are a professional makeup artist. And you were so close to this crime story. It's making it part of our crime and cosmetics segment. So your run-in, you know, could have been run-in with this infamous mindless spree killer. That's insane. Like yeah. You, you were in that place right before it all happened. Really scary. And Yeah. And I lived like less than a mile. Oh, my essentially, God. From like kind of, yeah. Because yeah. it's right there. Yeah, and everybody uses Uber. Like, who yeah. the hell doesn't use Uber? Exactly. I would have been calling on, like, family and friends. Like, are you, are you home? Like, did you take an Uber tonight? You know, like, oh, no. Straight, yeah. I think that, I, you know, because it was so many years ago, I'm sure I did check in with some of my friends mm-hmm. then. Um, and I do think it was a weekend day. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, right? It was, it was like a Friday or Saturday. So get this. It was Saturday, February 20th, 2016. Today Stay. is February 20th, 2023. <laughs> Happy Uberversary? Uberversary? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. That was, <laughs> yeah. so that was unintentional. As I was writing the story, I was like, holy shit, that's the day we're recording. <laughs> I, I bet there's stuff on the news, news about it today. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. It was a Saturday. Yep. So on February 20th. Why? 2016, at around 4 p.m., a man named Matt Mellon called for an Uber to take him to a friend's house. Uber driver Jason Brian Dalton was the driver in a silver Chevrolet Equinox when he picked up Mellon. During the drive, the two, like, made small talk. Mellon said he was just really casual, like, nothing big they talked about. Just like, hey, you know, how are those lions doing? You know, (laughs) that small talk kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, And then Dalton received a phone call. Now, I could not find anywhere in the research who was on the call, what it was about, and why his behavior, like, snapped. Right after that phone call, Mellon said he immediately started to drive erratically after he hung up the phone. He put the pedal to the metal, you know, was starting to speed, drove into oncoming traffic, drove through a median, ignored stop signs, sideswiped a Ford Taurus, and then Mellon yelled and was like, hey, dude, let me out. Like, get me out of here. But Dalton refused to stop the car. However, Dalton did actually stop at a stop sign and Mellon beat it. He was like, I'm out of here. Thank God. So, wow. Yeah. Called 911 to report this incident. So, he told the dispatcher about what had taken place, gave a description of the vehicle, the license plate number, and immediately uh, Bolo, be on the lookout, was sent to all the police in the area. Hey, look for this uh, silver Chevrolet Equinox. 
Before we get too far into this super crazy story, I'm going to talk about who Dalton is, the driver. Okay. He was described as a very mild-mannered and mostly polite man. Neighbors said he was a nice guy. He seemed harmless. Don't they all? They're all like that. <laughs> don't. BTK. Great people. He was raised in Indiana, and he moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where he graduated from Comstock High School in 1989. Is Comstock still there? Comstock is still there, yeah. Yeah. He earned an, <laughs> yeah. He earned an associate's degree in, of course, law enforcement from Kalamazoo Valley Community College in 1992. In 1995, he met and married his wife, Carol. They had two children, and the children were 10 and 15 years old at the time of the incident. Dalton began working for Uber because he wanted to make some extra money to take his family to Disney World for a family vacation. <laughs> a few days prior to the incident, Carol, the wife, did notice that Dalton became quiet, tired, but other than that, didn't notice anything else out of the ordinary. Okay, so jumping back into the story. Presumably after the incident with the gentleman, Matt Mellon, Dalton immediately drove home. He called his wife about 5 p.m. where he asked for the keys to their Hummer H3. On the way to meet his wife at his parents' house, which is where the Hummer was actually parked at the time, it was about a mile and a half away, he did accept another Uber request. Macy Eldridge requested the driver to pick up her boyfriend up at Meadows' apartment complex. Now, when Dalton arrived, he wasn't actually able to find the address. And I don't know, maybe the building numbers were like different. He couldn't quite find the right building number. So he called Eldridge back and was like, hey, I can't find it. Do you have any further directions? They got off the phone. She tried to call her boyfriend. And then when she tried to call Dalton back to make sure he found the address, he didn't answer. Instead, Dalton found 25-year-old Tiana Carruthers walking five children from the apartment complex to a nearby playground, like within that complex area. Dalton drove up to Carruthers and asked her if she was Mrs. Eldridge, the person that was making the Uber request. Of course she wasn't, and he knew that she wasn't because he just got off the phone with her. So Carruthers declined. No, that's not me. Dalton briefly drove off, but quickly turned back around towards Carruthers, and at 5.42 p.m., he rolled down his window and fired 15 rounds at her with his Glock. While Carruthers oh was God. shot several times, thankfully none of the children actually were injured. Thankfully. Wow. I mean, five thankfully. children all around, but I mean, it's it's bad enough 25-year-old, you know, getting shot multiple times, but none of the children, including her own, I believe, were actually injured. I remember this I mean, on the news. Is really... Mm -hmm. It was really crazy, right, that she had five, and she took five bullets. Yeah, right? I don't, you know, I couldn't find exactly how many she did take, but she did survive. I'm pretty sure she got shot five, five, five of the bullets struck her, five or eight, something like that. It was a lot. I can imagine, only because of, like, the injuries and stuff that I read about. Ugh. But at this time, so she did call 911 immediately after. Dalton sped off, right, and said that she was shot by a man in a silver car. And within minutes, police and EMS arrived at the scene, provided aid, and she told them everything that had happened. When Carruthers was actually talking to the police, Dalton's high rate of speed driving through red lights caused him to be in a vehicle accident immediately after. The person in the car that Dalton struck also called 911 to report the incident because it was a hit and run. He didn't stay, obviously, and said that it was a silver Chevrolet Equinox that struck his vehicle and fled the scene. The Calamo City dispatcher who took Matt Mellon's call, the first guy that we talked about, 
about the erratically driving Uberman, she noted the similarities between his vehicle description, Carruthers' vehicle description, and then this hit and run vehicle description. They're like, this is all the same car. So kind of making, you know, putting two, well, I guess three and three together, one, two, and three together. <laughs> yeah, linking them all. The dispatcher called Matt Mellon back, the first guy, and provided the following description, quote, White male, mid-40s, heavier set with black glasses, salt and pepper hair, and some facial hair, end quote. Mellon also said the driver's name was Jason. Like, in the Uber receipt, his name was Jason, but didn't have a last name. But Mellon remembered when Dalton picked him up, he actually gave him a different name, but couldn't remember what that name was. But he did remember it wasn't Jason, which was on the actual... What is that? Like, on the app, on the phone? I think so. Like, on the okay. phone, I think it does. Like, in there you can see, hey, Jason with this vehicle description is coming to pick you up. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a different name. He couldn't remember what that name was to give back to the dispatcher. But Mellon said that it also had like a picture of him. So he was able to provide a picture of Dalton, a.k.a. Jason, a.k.a. whatever the name was, to give that to authorities. After this hit and run, the sideswipe, he drove his silver Equinox to his parents' house, which he was originally was going to get the Hummer. And he told his wife that for the vehicle damage to the Equinox, that another vehicle actually sideswiped him and then shot at him. Oh. So he was saying that somebody else did it when, in fact, he was the one that did it. Uh, he, he said this to his wife? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And he told his wife, Carol, he said, I already contacted Uber. I've reported the incident. They're going to handle everything. So don't worry about it, honey. So wait a minute. The wife, did, he told the wife that he was shot at. Somebody shot at him. Somebody sideswiped him and shot at him. Yes. So as a spouse, not that I ha have a spouse, but if I had a spouse and he came home and said that to me, I would have a couple of follow-up questions. Like, why are you being yeah. shot at? Like, it's not like a hit and run. You're getting shot at. Yeah. And apparently uh, whatever he told her. And it wasn't her, me. It wasn't me. I wasn't shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apparently whatever he told her, like, that was good enough for her maybe. I couldn't find any oh. other information that said otherwise because, like she said, up until this day, he was he seemed tired, but not really anything out of the normal. Right. Okay. That's a little out of the normal, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is. <laughs> So at 6.05 p.m., Dalton called Eldridge back, the one that he was going to Meadows' apartment for that call originally. Uh -huh. He said he was unable to complete the pickup. Duh. <laughs> so Dalton then told Carol, his wife, it wasn't safe for her to go home. Stay at my parents' house. Stay here. He then went upstairs to retrieve a Taurus handgun from his father's closet, loaded it, and then gave it to his wife for her and said, hold on to this. Don't go to work. Don't send the kids to school on Monday. Because you were right, Paula. It was on a Saturday. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So Dalton then went to drive the Hummer. He was going to change his vehicle. He went to leave his parents' house. But the Hummer wouldn't start. He went back inside and grabbed the keys to a black Chevrolet HHR. Do you know what that is? Like, it's a, it's like a hearse, mini hearse-looking car to me. You know? <laughs> it's like a little, it's like a sedan, but with a hatchback. It does. It looks like like, like a modernized mini hearse. Is it me? Yeah. Or does this family have a lot of cars on hand? Apparently. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, uh. I yeah. So, Why is he driving uh, an Uber? He's got like five different cars. Because he's got to have some money to afford the cars, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so his wife, Carol, she said, hey, what's going on? He said, I can't tell you. But he said this, quote, my name won't be on TV, but you'll know it's me. End quote. He told her that. Oh, my God. And Carol's yeah. like, lasagna's at the table, on the table at 6 o'clock. Right? <laughs> yeah. I came back in time for dinner. <laughs> I would be freaking out. You're so silly. Dinner's at 8. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Dalton left his parents' house, and he was seen on the surveillance camera at an ATM taking out some money about 6.44 p.m., so he wasn't at his parents' house for very long at all. For the next half hour or so, he drove around Kalamazoo and eventually went home at 7.19 p.m. He left his Glock pistol on a workbench in his basement. He got this Walther P99 and left his Glock at his house because it, when he was shooting the 15 rounds at Carruthers, it ended up jamming. So he's like, this one is useless. Let me go get another one. Dalton left his home about 7.30 p.m. and then about 8, he accepted another Uber fare. He drove the passenger about a mile and a half, dropped him off. No incident, no issues whatsoever. Shortly after, he accepted a second Uber fare about five miles away. Again, this transaction was without incident. You know, nobody died. or He didn't drive erratically. Apparently, it was perfectly fine. At 9.21 p.m., he drove three more passengers from a Fairfield Inn hotel to a Kalamazoo beer exchange. Is that like a pub or something? Yeah, it's like a cool bar where they have all the beers listed on these almost like stock market looking monitors. all lined up like stocks and then once an hour the stocks bottom out and all the prices of the beers or certain beers will drop and so then people yeah so it's like a it's it's a beer exchange that's cool cool. yeah super cool (laughs) it is really fun and it's really good Okay, so after he drops them off at this uh, Kalamazoo beer exchange, the passengers later, when they were interviewed, didn't remark anything unusual about his behavior. It was about a 24-minute drive from, like, the Fairfield Inn where they he picked them up to drop them off at this beer exchange. So around 10 p.m., a 53-year-old Richard Smith and his 17-year-old son Tyler and Tyler's girlfriend, Alexis, I think her name is, they went to a Kia dealership. And this is the one that you're talking about, Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the dealership. Sealy. Sealy. That's the name of it. Yep. They were looking at cars. Again, probably doing the same thing, not wanting to be harassed by car dealers, right? And just going around and looking. You were there an hour earlier when they were looking? I was there. Yeah, I think I was there around 8 p.m. because I remember... When I was there, it was dusk, mm-hmm. so the sun was, like, going down, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Almost all, all the way down, so it was, like, around, yeah, may, maybe earlier than that. Okay. Not, oh, if it was February, no, it would have been, like, 6 o'clock okay. then, because the sun was going down, you know? Okay. So, so but, a few but hours or close. I mean, after hours, like, after the dealership closed, but obviously before yeah. 10 p.m., so, but that's yeah. that's very close. Yeah, yeah. It's too close for me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So Richard and Tyler, while they were looking at cars, Dalton drove into the parking lot, parked about five or six spaces down from where Richard parked. He got out of his car and approached Richard and Tyler. He's like, hey, what you looking at? Before either one of them could answer, Dalton shot about 18 rounds at Richard and Tyler and killed them both. Mm. He probably emptied his clip. I can't imagine a pistol holding, you know, that's about a max of pistol would hold, depending on the type of pistol. So These are definitely more details than I knew before. Like, I didn't know how many... You know what I mean? Yeah. Shots? That That's crazy. I got a lot of this stuff actually from the police department, like where the joint Kalamazoo and Michigan State Police, they did this like after action report. That's where I got a lot oh. of these details from. Okay. I was going to say, because a lot of this you did not like hear on the news and stuff. No. No. And a lot, I mean, Mm-mm. even Wikipedia, like some of it was in there, but not to this extent. This was very detailed t- and it took, yeah. and it this was like 50 detailed. pages. <laughs> Wow. Across the street from the Kia dealership is a Burger King, and witnesses who were at the Burger King heard the shots and called police. So about 10 minutes after 10, police arrive at the Kia dealership, found the bodies of Richard and Tyler, and then found poor Alexis 
hiding in the back of Richard's Range Rover. Like, she never got out of the car. She was just staying in the car while they were looking. And if you can imagine, like, Dalton probably didn't even know she was in there, like, at all. Mm-hmm. So she, she just hid. Yeah. Yeah, she said she said she got down on the floor. Yeah, crouched down mm-hmm. in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said the suspect did run off, but described him as a white male wearing a hood and had gray hair. And investigators called a canine handler because if he was there, like on foot, they might be able to track him. And they did for a little bit, but the scent was lost, assuming that he actually got into a vehicle, which he did. The witnesses across the street also confirmed that the suspect got into a vehicle, which was described as a dark colored hatchback sedan, aka mini hearse. <laughs> yeah. Police contacted the Kia dealership owner to request surveillance camera footage, like say, hey, this is what's going on. We need you to come out here so we can look at your camera footage. And while waiting for the owner to arrive, shots fired came out across the radio. After Dalton fled the Kia dealership, he drove to a Cracker Barrel. Do you know where that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the Fairfield you Inn. Can see it. You can see it right from the highway. Oh, can you? Yeah. Ugh, just gave me chills. Which was by the Fairfield Inn where he picked up the people that were going to the beer exchange. And then at 10.17 p.m., Dalton approached an elderly woman who was parked in the parking lot of the Cracker Barrel in a white van, asked her a question just before shooting her. He walked around the van to another car parked on the other side and subsequently shot all four passengers in the vehicle as well. He shot 17 times at five people before fleeing Cracker Barrel less than a minute later. He was there for less than a minute. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know it continued that much. Wow. Okay. Well, when shots fired came across the radio, investigators now believed they had an active shooter scenario. Some investigators stayed at the Kia dealership to process the crime scene and then had to dispatch some more to the Cracker Barrel where other shots were fired, right? They found one deceased victim in the van, three deceased victims in the car, but there was a fourth victim that was still alive. The deceased were identified as Mary Jo Nye, 60, Mary Lou Nye, 62, Dorothy Brown, 74, Barbara Hawthorne, 68, and then the survivor was 14-year-old Abigail Koff. She survived after being shot in the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was alive. She was hiding, like, in the floorboard. Uh, She was, in, I think, in the front passenger seat, and she was, like, underneath the dash, like, in the floorboard trying to hide after she got shot. EMS obviously was immediately contacted and the officers started rendering first aid to the only surviving victim. Additional officers began interviewing potential witnesses at the Cracker Barrel, at the Fairfield Inn, and then a nearby Microtel, which was also kind of in that same area. One witness said the suspect drove away in a black Chevrolet HHR, which was corroborated after the officers were able to obtain surveillance footage from the Cracker Barrel. At 10.40 p.m., the owner of a Kila dealership arrived and provided the surveillance footage. The officers broadcasted an immediate APB, all points bulletin, quote, average build male, tall, dark clothing, possibly blonde hair, end quote. They also said he drove a dark colored Chevrolet HHR. Given this consistency, the active shooter theory was proven. The shootings were all related. Police needed to get this information out to the public ASAP. And that's when I would say that's when they started being saying on the news, like broadcasting on the news, like there's someone going around, Mm -hmm. you know, shooting in Kalamazoo, stay inside type of thing. And it didn't happen until that last shooting already happened. Afterwards, yeah. So that was, I mean, it's probably like live on scene, 11 o'clock nightly news. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing is like what I'm picturing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did post on Facebook and appeared on the local news channel saying the following, quote, We've had several shootings here tonight in the county and in the city of Kalamazoo. 
They all appear to be related. We have multiple people dead. In summary, what it looks like is we have somebody just driving around, finding people, and shooting them dead in their tracks, end quote. That was on their Facebook post. They also provided a description of Dalton and his vehicle, originally believing the HHR was like a dark blue color. So when they originally put it out, they said, make sure to call us. If you see a dark blue HHR, call 911 immediately and give us that information. After the shooting at the Cracker Barrel, Dalton continued to take Uber fares. After, so he allegedly went home to reload his gun, actually, at that point, too. So he left the Cracker Barrel, went home, reloaded, and then continued to take Uber fares. I mean, he still needed to take his family to Disney World, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, right? I mean, that would be on my mind. You got to pay to see the mouse. So at just a little after midnight, 12.04 a.m., Dalton picked up three passengers and dropped them off at a Western Michigan University dormitory. Interviewed later, the passengers recalled the driver wasn't too friendly, but there wasn't anything that he did that alarmed them. At 12.12 a.m., Dalton picked up four more passengers at Bell's Eccentric Cafe and transported them to a Radisson Hotel. During the ride, one of the passengers later jokingly said, You're not the shooter, are you? You kidding me. The suspect replied, No. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) No. No. A few minutes later, the suspect picked up an additional three passengers at the Central City Tap House and drove them to Ruggers Up and Under. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Yeah, that's so That's I mean, I can I could have walked to Ruggers up. We just call it Up and Under. Okay. But like I lived so close to Up and Under like I could I can't I could could have walked there. Is it like a club or? No, it's like Kalamazoo doesn't have really too many clubs. It's very much like a micro brewery, slightly hipstery. Okay. Not 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 too much of like dance clubs like you know more like yeah more cash yeah more casual gotcha um well that was approximately a mile away from the tap house and again one of the passengers asked dalton if he was the killer he said quote wow that is crazy no way i'm not the guy end quote (laughs) with police on the hunt for dalton and his hhr one Kalamazoo City Sheriff's deputy saw a black HHR pulling out of the up and under, pulling out of there. So he decided, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to call for backup. A few minutes later, after the deputy was joined by Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety officers, they conducted a traffic stop of Dalton. As officers approached, Dalton complied, completely complied with the officer's commands, and he was placed under arrest without incident. Dalton was wearing a bulletproof vest, and they found a handgun in his waistband, which was, you know, obviously all of it was taken into evidence. They also executed a search of his home, and they found 11 long guns and four handguns. The last purchase was the Walther P99 he used on the second half of his shooting, which was purchased just about, I don't know, six months before that, August of 2015. Dalton also did not have a concealed carry license, so that would be like something else that they would go be charged with him because he Uh didn't have a concealed carry. Prosecutor Jeffrey Getting held a press conference about 7 a.m. on Sunday, February 21st. Alongside Getting was representation of the vast amount of law enforcement agencies because, like, when you say active shooter, like, my law enforcement experience, like, everybody is like, what do I, what can I do to help? Let's Mm -hmm. get this fucker. County, state. Yeah. Yeah. So it included Kalamazoo police and sheriff's deputies, Michigan State Police, and then the mayor of Kalamazoo was also on this press conference. 
first he expressed condolences getting he was um kind of nominated as the spokesperson during this press conference who was the main prosecutor expressed condolences to the families of the victims and assured kalamazoo public the threat was neutralized he said quote this is just the most awful thing i can think of having happened and to have stand here and talk about these kinds of crimes is just a terrible thing end quote Getting then identified Dalton as a suspect and advised Dalton would be arraigned on Monday afternoon, February 22nd. Now, at the arraignment, Dalton was charged with six counts of murder, two counts of assault with an intent to commit murder, and eight counts using a firearm during the commission of a felony. I like those charges just because they're like extra charges. <laughs> um, on March 3rd, Dalton underwent a psychiatric evaluation to, de- to determine his competence to stand trial. And then April 22nd, he was found competent. At a preliminary hearing on May 20th, Dalton made several verbal outbursts and interrupted proceedings, specifically while the first victim, Tia, uh, Tiana Carruthers, was testifying. He, like, interrupted her, saying things like yelling at her. And I'm like, it's difficult, I can imagine, for victims to have to go on and have to retell their story and everything. And then when you got this jackass up here laying, like, maybe telling her she's a liar or whatever. I don't know exactly what was he's saying, but that's just like an additional, like I would have broke down like I, or Uh gotten to fight him. I don't know. One or the other. She's still alive. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. (laughs) And then having to face, like face him, see him while she's like recanting this in court. Like, and the other survivor, the 14 year old had, I mean, being shot in the head, she was in the hospital for a very long time, multiple surgeries, they reconstructive were... surgeries. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. They weren't, yeah. they didn't, well, they didn't, the way it was uh, being played on the news during the that time and the following few months is that, I mean, it just wasn't clear that she was going to make it. Right, but she, yeah. she did, man, she fought. She did. So after this outburst, Dalton was restrained, removed from the courtroom, and then they, they took a quick recess, and then when they went back into it, he was uh, attending via video call. <laughs> he was no longer allowed to be in the courtroom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every action has a reaction. Yes. <laughs> Consequence. So June 6th. Okay, Dalton's attorney announced they would intend to enter an insanity plea, and the trial was originally scheduled to start in late September, early October of 2016, which honestly, that's pretty fast. It it seems like it's pretty open shut. You know, they've got a lot of evidence. They've got physical evidence. They've got eyewitness testimony. They've got the camera footage. Like, they've got a lot. So, and then plus with it being kind of high profile, Uh I could see it going, but that's really fast. Mm, It was pushed, though. It's really fast. It was pushed. Um, it did not get scheduled then, but this, it was originally pushed because the full psychological report was not uh. yet completed. So prosecution does their, you know, psychological, yes, you are competent to stand trial, while the defense, right. if they're using this insanity plea, have to have a full psychological report to kind of rebut anything, I guess, uh-huh. that would come up. But because this was taking so long, it wasn't completed, but the trial ended up being pushed almost three years after the incident. Wow. So it wasn't until January 7th of 2019 that Dalton actually pled guilty to all counts. And then he was sentenced on February 5th, 2019, given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. I think oh, well. he should have been shot however many times he shot at people, I'm, but that's just me. No. Yeah, I'm surprised no, he no. only got one life sentence, though. Normally, they just dish those suckers out, like, you know. Well. Yeah. Here's the I six hate. people. I mean, yeah. how many six ever people he killed? Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, Uber also got a lot of backlash. Oh, yes. From this. That. 
over the incident, saying it had weak background checks with their drivers. Mm -hmm. And specifically, Uber was criticized after they failed to ground Dalton after Mellon had the 911 call. Who the Jason is his name. It's his name. Dalton is Jason. His name is Jason Brian Dalton. Okay, got it. Okay. (laughs) I got tricky. (laughs) So the Uber receipt for Matt Mellon said, Jason, your driver is Jason. He's driving this vehicle. So okay. his name is Jason Brian Dalton. I've just been refu- referring to him as Dalton this whole time. I just had a blonde moment. It, yeah, it, it happens. It's under there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Sullivan is Uber's or was Uber's chief security officer released a statement saying, quote, we are horrified and heartbroken at the senseless violence in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Our hearts and prayers are with the families of the victims of this devastating crime and those recovering from the injuries. We have reached out to the police to help with their investigation in any way we can end quote i mean there really is no other response if you want your company to continue right mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. if they wouldn't have done anything they would have gone way yeah. down yeah. and then you'd be like uber who yeah exactly <laughs> so in 2018 uber initiated these additional safety measures to include adding up to five trusted contacts for the riders as well as encouraging the passengers to share their trips with those trusted contacts so like you know paul you probably you Sounds like you take Uber a lot. You can add people in there yeah. and be like, this is where I'm going, just uh-huh. to share it with people. You, uh-huh. You can send your locate like, the trip details right to a friend from the actual ride that you're taking. And so that way they can, like, track it and watch you and know where you're – yeah. That's perfect. And I remember. Yeah. And then in the app, they made updates as well to include an emergency button that would connect the rider with 911 immediately from the app itself. Okay. So do you know, other than the insanity plea, what Dalton said his defense was? I don't remember. I oh, I don't. I remember there was so much speculation. And I think that for the three years, they tried to keep it off the news, too. Well, true. In Kalamazoo for... You know, yeah, I mean, what was his defense? It's nothing to do with like, Disney. Don't say Disney. Well, his claim. <laughs> he claimed, <laughs> it was the Wicked Witch. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed his body was taken over by the Uber app. Are you kidding said, me? He said, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he said, that's right. He said, quote, I just tapped it and then there was like this devil head that popped up and it was some like of horns, like horned headed cow head or something. I pressed that button and that's where all the problems went after that, end quote. Wow. Puppies. Yeah. That yeah. shit was premeditated. You told your wife. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna be you're gonna see a man on the news. It's not gonna be my name, but you'll know it's me. I right. mean you told yeah. literally said that to your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Needless to say, Carol did file for divorce within a week after the shootings. Good for you, Carol. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He later said he was no longer experiencing these problems when he was interviewed. And actually, I think he's on ABC's 2020. They interviewed him, and there's, like, a special on him. Okay. They did this, and yeah. it came out in 2020, I think, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Police indicated there was no known criminal history or mental health record that had to do with Dalton in the past. While earlier accounts described Dalton as a nice guy, other interviews following the incident were contrary. See, it comes out. An old friend of Dalton said that he tried to seek employment as a police officer but was unable to and did not want to move far to find work in law enforcement. So instead, he became an auto mechanic and then did some training with that and then became an insurance adjuster. A former co-worker of Dalton said that he saw Dalton yell at a customer while he was on the phone, hang up, slam the phone down. Dalton also had been previously counseled about his professionalism. And one customer who dealt with him said that he called Dalton back about some damage that he missed. And he like, he went 
ballistic. I'm just calling you back. You missed this damage on the appraisal and blah, blah, blah. blah. And he just uh-huh. he just went ballistic. And he, he was just, snapped. He snapped, yeah. yeah. He was described as unprofessional and prone to anger by that customer. Dalton is currently locked up at the Oaks Correctional Facility in Manistee Township in Michigan. Do you know where that is, Paul? Somewhere. It sounds like somewhere up north. Okay. Get him out of Kalamazoo, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely out of Kalamazoo. So that's the Uber story, and I hope it didn't cause too many triggers for you, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's just so – hearing some of these details and and – it just it brings back a lot. Like yeah. I think one of the scariest things was that at for and for quite a while, I think people wanted to hear from him or, ha- or hear something about why. Yeah. And I don't I don't even think up until today that's something that there's any been any type of closure or resolution to is yeah. nobody knows why or what really happened to him. Yeah. Because it is just like he just snapped yeah and they said it was the devil that you know from the uber app that took it over which is obviously bullshit but like there is nothing in in any of the research i did that says this was his motivation for doing this yeah there's just no motive we don't know that's what that phone call was initially Mm -mm. yeah and i remember that was because that one the one guy the first one who had gotten who jumped out of the car mm-hmm. and called 911. Mm-hmm. There were quite a few interviews with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was, that's the same guy yeah. that he was yeah. on the, the right. He was on the phone, then hung up, then started driving crazy. Right. Matt um, Mullen was his name. Yeah. And I remember on the news, there. It, I don't think it ever said who it was that called him mm-hmm. or be, I mean, there would have been a record of it on the phone or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's probably in an investigative file somewhere. It just was never, yeah. it was just never released out anywhere that at least that I could Publicly. find. So chatters, if you know yeah, who called Dalton, that made him go berserk. Yeah. Yeah, who did he talk to? Who was it? Yeah. Like, what I happened? I actually have... Wait, did he talk to his wife at some point on the phone? No, it, it seemed like he just went to... Well, he talked... Yes. Early early in the evening, and it was after the Mullen incident, he said he called his wife for the keys for the Hummer, mm-hmm. and the Hummer was parked at his parents' house, but she was actually at his parents' house. Oh, okay. Because I remember something. I was like, maybe it was his wife that called him. Mm-hmm. But but I, re- I just remembered that there was a phone call with his wife, for sure. Yeah. So it might yeah. have been that. Is there anything on... So Netflix has not done this story yet, I'm assuming. Oh! Uh, not that I know of. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't think so. No. But I would love if they... I mean, I'm sure it's pretty traumatic for the people who are still living, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah. um yeah, I would love to see I wonder that. if it would... Have you seen the show? And Natalie and I have talked about this. I Am a Killer mm-hmm. on Netflix. No. It's, it's basically like confessions of the killers yeah. from behind bars telling their side of the story, what happened. But they also talk to like victims' families, the, the convicted killers' families, like other people who were kind of part and around. They talk to investigators. It's actually a pretty fascinating type of documentary. But that would be really cool. Hey, Netflix, do, uh, do the Uber guy for I Am a Killer. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Do the Uber killer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. I, re- I remember that it, it it was on the news a little bit in Kalamazoo, especially that night and, like, closer to when it happened. But as it started, I remember there was something where they, someone told me they were trying to keep it off of the news. Uh-huh. Uber was, one, mm-hmm. because they didn't want that negative, they didn't want the negative press. Sure. And then 
and Kalamazoo was not trying because they didn't have that I think part of the reason was they didn't have clear motive mm-hmm. they didn't have like all of these other things and they didn't want to deter people from coming to Kalamazoo I guess yeah. yeah which is kind of messed up because it's like this is like people should know what's going yeah, on yeah absolutely and then you need to let them make their own decisions yes absolutely you know? oh God, absolutely so crazy all right well thank you for doing that story Kat that was pretty amazing <laughs> And thank that you. Was really, yeah. Thank you for joining us, Paul, and telling us your part of the story too. We're so yes. happy to have you as our yeah. first guest. Thank you. thank you guys for having me. Yeah, this I mean, I feel like just hearing it all really like brings back so many memories. But yeah, it was it was really gnarly and it was scary yeah. for sure. I can imagine for it sure. being a scary time. Paul, come back and visit us. We'll get another story. Oh yeah, pick you could pick another story and we'll do it. We'll cover it again. I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. We'd love. We'd be honored to have you back. Yes, always. I'd be honored to be back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters. For more information on this case, please check out after that crime chat, only available on Patreon. Yes, and that's where we'll put all the pictures and links and some of the resources I used and Paul if you've got you know you've got a website you've got some links we're gonna throw that in there too huh? okay awesome yeah. yeah so don't forget to follow us crime chat with Nat and Kat on Facebook Instagram YouTube TikTok Twitter see what we got coming up next yes remember crime chat with Nat and Kat subscribe to our Patreon you'll get bonus episodes behind the scenes bloopers and you'll be able to check out some merch in the works and also uh, we'll post it when we post this we'll put it on our Facebook because we have a group and we have a page and we have TikTok we have all that stuff Stuff, so we'll put Paul's information where yeah. you can find him yep. and where you can find the the story of the Uber killer. Yes. <laughs> and okay, so be sure to check out our next episode. It is okay, aside from the TV show You, one of the creepiest crazy stories I think I've ever heard. Like, is this for real? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna say the name. I was just gonna say it was one of the creepiest things. Like, it is, is this real? It's ironic that okay, so we have Paul on this week. So th- the next story is gonna be from a serial killer from where I not necessarily grew up, but like where I spent some time from like 14 till about 20. 20- Eight, 30 years old which was Staten Island New York oh my but yes. not during the same time frame he way way oh he was older yeah, yeah. way 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 older have you and... heard of Albert Fish no oh you gotta listen to that story I'm not I gonna spoil it to yeah there's a lot of shifty people it's... in Staten Island you gotta watch out <laughs> <laughs> and our our fellow uh, creepers uh, true crime lovers over at Morbid did a yeah. four episode series on Albert Fish. It took Ooh. four episodes for them to do it. So I imagine this one's probably wow. going to be pretty long. I'll get it done in one episode. I, I know sp- you will. I, I talk really <laughs> fast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you don't want to miss it. I'll be there. Yes, you will. So we'll see you on the next Crime Chat. Bye. Bye.